Today in Science from Wired. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off US versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous US China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. What to do about CO2? Try stuffing it into the Gulf of Mexico by Eric Nealer. What if Texas oilmen, oil folks, could save the planet from climate change? Hardy har har, given that the Lone Star State ranks sixth in heat-trapping carbon emissions worldwide, just behind Germany and ahead of South Korea. The idea sounds pretty far-fetched, but some recent developments have made the prospect a bit more conceivable. Texas is all about oil and gas. Its petroleum refineries and other energy industries lead the nation in carbon emissions with 653 million metric tons, more than California, number two, and Pennsylvania, number three, combined. Texas's oil industry continues to find new places to drill offshore, where methane and carbon dioxide that escape during the drilling process also boost greenhouse gases that are wreaking havoc on Earth's climate. At the same time. Research from American and European scientists suggests that Texas, especially the waters along its coast, could be a pretty good place to store carbon from the petroleum industry. Of course, it's too expensive to do this now, but new evidence of its feasibility bolsters the case for pursuing it. Experiments in the North Sea, another hotbed of oil drilling, are showing that capturing and storing carbon dioxide below the sea floor can work without significant leaks or environmental damage. For the past few weeks, marine researchers from several European countries have been injecting CO2 into the seabed and watching how much and how fast it bubbles up through the sediments into the water. For subsea floor carbon capture and storage to lock away carbon for decades or longer, scientists have to become confident that the reservoirs are secure and that they can quickly and accurately detect any leaks. This is not a solution for climate change, but a mitigation process until we change the way we live, says Doug Connolly, a marine geologist at the UK's National Oceanography Centre at the University of Southampton and coordinator of the STEM CCS experiment. Connolly and colleagues have been working at a remote oil platform called GoldenEye, named for a waterfowl, not the Bond film, that was abandoned by Shell in 2011. It's pretty rough, Connolly says on a ship to shore phone call. The winds are 15 to 20 knots. We have nine pieces of equipment on the seabed, and we are trying to recover them. Connolly is testing new methods of detecting CO2 bubbles by using two kinds of listening devices. One of them, secured to the underside of the ship, sends out a sonar ping and listens to hear it reflect off tiny gas bubbles. Fishermen use the same method to detect fish by pinging the critter's buoyant air-filled swim bladder. 
Researchers on board from the UK, Norway, and Germany also deployed a remotely operated vehicle with a small sensor that can passively hear the sound of gas bubbles near the bottom of the ocean. Connolly says the results of this experiment, a decade in the making, make him believe that they can detect leaks underwater. The sensors worked brilliantly, he says. That's been one of the biggest surprises. Because gas bubbles are tiny, and the seafloor is deep, dark, and often noisy with the sounds of marine life and passing ships, detecting wayward CO2 has been a challenge. A similar study that checked for escaping CO2 bubbles from an abandoned Norwegian oil rig found that the small amount of CO2 that did escape from the seafloor ended up dissolving close to the bottom without harming marine life or escaping back into the atmosphere. These offshore CO2 storage facilities are probably a reasonable idea because the benefits of storing 1 million tons per year of carbon are larger than the effects of the leakage that may occur, says Klaus Wallmann, professor of marine biochemistry at the Geomar Center for Ocean Research in Kiel, Germany, and an author of the report. In January, Norwegian officials approved a subsea carbon storage scheme to collect CO2 from power plants and cement factories on land, compress the gas into a liquid, then pipe it under the seafloor for storage. The $852 million project is expected to be running by 2024. Japan is also pushing forward with offshore carbon storage underneath the seafloor off Hokkaido Island. Connolly and other researchers say subsea storage could also work in the United States, and they point to the Gulf of Mexico as a perfect location. The ocean sediments are geologically stable, there's no risk of CO2 contaminating nearby groundwater supplies as it could on land, and there are few worried neighbors to file lawsuits. This idea got a boost last month when Senators John Cornyn, Republican Texas, and Chris Coons, Democrat Delaware, introduced a carbon capture and storage bill that would direct the Department of Energy to spend $50 million on related research. Norway's plan involves drilling rigs located in remote deep water, but Texas could bury its CO2 just a few miles off the Gulf Coast in less than 100 feet of water, according to Tip Meckel, an economic geologist at the University of Texas at Austin. When we think of offshore carbon storage in the Gulf of Mexico, we could inject enough to significantly reduce the U.S. carbon emissions profile, Meckel says. So far, carbon capture and storage has been a boondoggle in the United States after the high-profile failure of a $7.5 billion CCS power plant project in Mississippi and general concerns about the technology's expense. Meckel says that Norway's carbon tax may make sequestering CO2 underwater economically feasible there because it gives energy companies an incentive to lower emissions. The absence of such an incentive is what's standing in the way of putting greenhouse gases safely underneath the Gulf of Mexico. As soon as there is a price related to carbon dioxide, either a tax, a tax credit, or another mechanism, that price signal will make industry respond, Meckel says. The idea of a carbon tax has been dead on arrival in Congress in recent years, but the political sands are shifting. Both Democrat and Republican House members now have carbon tax proposals, as do two former Republican secretaries of state, one of whom is supported by Exxon. Of course, many green groups say a more efficient way of reducing the society's planet-warming carbon emissions is not to bury carbon dioxide at sea, but to change our way of living. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. 
you'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.